0: And salutations, friends, and welcome back to a very special episode of the arcade. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls? I am Mike the Legend, who's glad you can be back with us once again on our very special Halloween music episode that we like to do every year. We take uh take a week off to, from the video game talk and banter to bring you some some spooky sounds and uh audit. Audio oddities, I guess you can call them, and uh, as we celebrate the spooky season here on the Arcade.
1: Yes, and uh, as always on the Arcade, there is a second voice, and that voice is me. A voice from
0: beyond. Yes, a voice
1: from beyond your speakers! (laughs) Woo! Um, (laughs) This week I am Dennis, the man who thinks that this year's worst Halloween costume is a sexy (laughs) (laughs) anti-vaxxer. remember last year when the pandemic was first kind of... Well, not just starting in Halloween, but was well underway. And the the big debate back then was wearing masks. Yes. And people yes. were anti-maskers. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we have the vaccine and everything, now we have to contend with the anti-vaxxers.
0: True. They, those anti-maskers have become anti-vaxxers. So you could say they've uh, evolved or devolved, as it were. Yeah. Into an anti-vax
1: stance. Yeah. For whatever reason, um... You know their their liberties and their freedoms, et cetera, et cetera, despite the fact that you know it's. They can choose to do whatever they want, even if it's you know their own stupidity that puts them at risk and other people at risk. Anyways, you know our you know our views on this program. We don't really need to bring you down with that any further.
0: Exactly. Well, espoused. I'm I'm sure you out there listening have heard these same comments made, uh, perhaps by people you know at work, in your family, uh, just out and about in society. You've come across them on news or social media, whatever the case might be, and you've likely rolled your eyes and. Uh, uh become a little bit infuriated at them and to uh, understand we are right there with you as uh, those people are holding us back uh from really getting through this and uh that's fine but we are here to forget about all that we are here to celebrate as i said the spooky season and we're going to do it through the gift of music, as we have a curated playlist of sounds and songs to bring to you this year. Because so often around this time of year, uh, once we get into Halloween and uh, you know the lead up to Halloween, there's only about a handful of songs you really hear in earnest uh, every year. You're going to hear the Ghostbusters theme. You're going to hear a Thriller by Michael Jackson. You're going to hear, oh God, probably uh, Monster Mash for sure. You're going to hear the One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying Purple People Eater. I've I've heard that uh, a couple times. As well, no matter where you go, it's the same selection of songs, year in, year out, as though it's the the rite of passage that ah yes, uh, you buy, uh, pay way too much for some miniature, ever shrinking pieces of candy from the store, and you hear the same four to five songs every year. Well, we are here to say nay nay to that. And what we like to do every year is curate a playlist of songs and selections that are out there that fit the uh, fit the Halloween season and the themes that are associated with Halloween and spookiness and scariness and just what goes along with this time of year and to say that hey, there's more out there than just what is presented to you every year.
1: Yeah, and there's also I think the the other thing that we try to uh not argue but basically try to really like promote here on for these programs is that you don't need to just look for things that are specifically Halloween music for it to be you know a nice spooky mood setter there's a lot of spooky music out there that's not explicitly made for
0: Halloween and I think that that's another point that we often try to make on this program it's true there are different concepts different themes you can uh, approach around Halloween that uh will fit uh fit the fit the mood, fit the season, fit the occasion beyond just being a literal song about Halloween. Uh, you know, to look for those, uh, you're going to kind of be stuck with the songs that you, perhaps you grew up, uh, singing at Halloween concerts in elementary school or something like that. Or uh, again, you'll be cast to one of the four or five songs that uh, you hear every year, thriller, monster mash, things of that nature. So there's, there's more out there than just what is presented. So we try to, uh, Bring you different songs that you may not hear and may not even realize uh can be associated with Halloween. And I think uh we're we're gonna do some unlikely associations here in our first block with the ludicrous leadoffs, uh, as we are going to present songs by two artists who you wouldn't really think can be played and fit the theme of Halloween.
1: Yeah. Well, especially um well, the first artist in particular you normally don't associate with spooky or eerie or creepy things. You would normally kind of associate him with just kind of maybe pretentious or comedic things normally. true, And especially with uh the song that we're going to play by the artist, the single from the album is totally different from this song. <laughs> the, the single from the album was maybe his biggest hit and it was kind of like for all intents and purposes – a comedy rock song featuring his daughter, and we're talking about Frank Zappa.
0: Indeed we are. We are talking about a song, we're going to play a song off his album, Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning, which which was released in May of 1982, and the song that came off that album that I believe was his biggest commercial success ever through his long career yeah. Uh was the song Valley Girl.
1: Yeah, where, you know, he got his daughter Moon Zappa to... You know, provide the very valley girlish lines, you know, like the, you know, those kind of valley girlisms from oh, the early 80s. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah, those, <laughs> those kind of lines, right? So he got her to do those because she did a great impression of them over, you know, his whole Frank Zappa style, whatever. There's a music video for it. She played the whole valley girl character and blah, blah, blah. And huge success happened. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, normally his music is just kind of known for its technical complexity and, you know, it's a little pretentious. It's a little, you know, all of that. He always tries to have an element of humor to it, but you don't normally think of, you know, Halloween. But the title, Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch, that's a little bit of a kind of a mouthy or not like it's a mouthful and it's a little bit weird. He's mentioning witches Witches are
0: kind of Halloween-y, right? They're very Halloweeny because on that album, it's not just a, a clever and mouthy uh, or, you know, mouthful of a title for an album. He does have a song on that album from 1982 called Drowning Witch, and it's literally about a drowning witch. Yeah. Like, th- a witch. It is uh, treated as though it's a, a real actual uh, entity, and it's drowning. Mm-hmm. And he builds a whole 12 minute long song around that, that concept, yeah,
1: uh, as he often did, around even loose concepts. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so we're going to start off with that. And you know, where Frank Zappa goes, oftentimes some people in the general public will also mention a second artist, mm-hmm. for he was a childhood friend of Frank Zappa's, and Frank Zappa did produce a bunch of his music. Um, the second artist is Captain Beefheart the late Don Van um you know, also pretentious, <laughs> also, you know. A more challenging listen. Maybe a more challenging listen, and, you know, you might not think his stuff was spooky either. You might just think it's challenging and hard to listen to and kind of nonsensical. But he had a song called Candy Corn, you know, about the candy you know, it's a very divisive candy and like, you know, you either like it or you don't like it at all. Like there's no in between, there's not like a, eh, I'm okay with candy corn usually, but, either like it or hate it. But he has a song called Candy Corn about candy corn, which typically does only come out around Halloween time anyway.
0: Absolutely. Halloween, fall harvest, Thanksgiving, you know, usually colored uh, in shades of orange and white to uh uh kind of, you know, play off the the harvest season and whatnot. Yeah. And it's one of the most repulsive things you can put in your mouth. I like candy corn. Well, we'll we'll See? To disagree. See, this is what I'm saying. You either like it or you hate it. There's no in between. In in my hierarchy of things I would get in my Halloween treats, in in the long-ago days, uh, I I would have preferred erasers or dimes (laughs) or pencils to candy corn.
1: See, like, for me, the bottom of the barrel for me were those little square um caramels. caramels. Yeah. That was the bottom for me or black licorice. Like, I hate black licorice. I can't stand the stuff. Fair. That's my thing. But I, I also know a lot of people don't like candy corn, and that's fair enough. I like it for whatever reason. I don't know. But. Alright, yeah, so. God so, broke the mold when he made you. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever. <laughs>
2: we, don't, we don't need to get
1: into a weird discussion about this, but yes, uh, Frank Zappa uh, uh, with Drowning Witch, followed by Captain Beefheart with Candy Corn, here on the arcade's annual Halloween music special.
3: Because you infested waterways Hey hey she could get radiation all over her She could mutate insanely She could mutate insanely That's right you know she could go on the freeway and grow up to be 15 feet tall and scary looking and then... They crash all over the place as the result of people with white shirts on Close enough to see her face Sardines in her eyebrows Lobsters up and down her forehead All of them horribly large for And smelling very bad And dangerous be a submarine, good savior. And bring her home to the Navy.
0: Those were the counterculture sounds of Captain Beefheart here on the Arcade's Halloween Music Special. Uh, Captain Beefheart there delivering the song Candy Corn off the album Strictly Personal circa October of 1968. And prior to that, we kicked off this year's Halloween Music Special with Frank Zappa doing Drowning Witch. Uh, for May of 1982, off, uh, one of his biggest commercial successes uh, of an album, uh, that being Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch. Uh, thank you for being with us here on this year's edition of the program. Those were the ludicrous lead-offs. We hope you enjoyed them. And we have more songs uh, to get to on this uh, Halloween music special as well. But there's an overall theme that permeates uh, most of what you're going to hear through the rest of this show. And it's kind of taken... Well, by one of the popular genres, if you will, in entertainment, but also the podcast world over the last several years, uh, that being, uh, true crime and also murder pods. So we kind of uh, decided to c- take that idea, kind of mesh it with our Halloween music show. So the theme of this year's Halloween music, uh, uh, programming content is killer Halloween. <laughs> yes. You know,
1: like one of the classic, uh, tropes of like, well, classic 80s horror movies, you know, like some of the classic franchises like Nightmare before Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, you know, Friday, Friday the, 13th. the 13th and things like that. Halloween. Halloween itself, like these were very, like, you would, I always kind of associate movies like that with the Halloween time anyways and you know, What's, what's spookier and scarier than, you know,
0: someone who's a killer, right? Yeah, so some deranged individual who is on the loose and looking to kill and racking up the body counts. You know, that's a part that I don't think really gets spoken of, uh, with those movies, uh, come the Halloween season or whatnot. Like, they're all about murder. Like, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, yeah, they rack up body counts. They just oh, yeah. tear through, go tear assing through town, whatever podunk village they, they're living in, and just murdering a plenty. Yep, that's the fear. Or in the case of the tenth movie in uh in the, in
1: the Nightmare, or sorry, in the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth series, he's in outer space.
0: Yes, Jason X. He was in, he went to space. Oh, that's after right. he took Manhattan. That's right. It, wasn't he like? He was jacked up and way more muscular. Yeah, as, he as was, I recall,
1: he was basically the Super Shredder version of, uh
0: <laughs> of, you know, Jason Voorhees. So, in space, yeah. And what's scarier than being in space where no one can hear you scream? Exactly. Except uh, it was filmed, and of course we heard those people screaming on the space station before Jason claimed their lives. Yes, yes. of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, you know, Killer Halloween is the theme we have going on for this year. And yeah, but
1: you you might be thinking, oh, so they're just doing a bunch of death metal or something like that. And you know, you might—that's a fair assumption fair. to make. I mean, like normally when you think of music and like people talking about killers. You're probably thinking, "Oh, it's going to be just metal or punk metal, or whatever heavier, heavier sounding heavier, music, louder, more aggressive music." Um, well, with our first group, well, first couple of groups. I mean, yes, there will be some metal later on. Don't worry about that. It's <laughs> us. We've got you covered. <laughs> but, but uh yeah, in this first group of uh non ludicrous leadoffs, you could say. uh there's some unlikely places where you can find some pretty dark, weird music.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the the big typical monsters we just as movie monsters we described, like Freddie Voorhees or Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. Those are the big scary monsters, and it's obvious that they are psychotic and there to kill and do harm and whatnot. But then. If- think uh, perhaps of another uh psychotic murderer we've seen in recent years someone like Dexter as portrayed on the uh Showtime uh series which is also returning uh played by Michael C Hall where it looks uh, completely normal looks like uh looks like uh, could be your next-door neighbor and uh, just take out their trash uh, every week and, uh you know coach a little league team and you wouldn't think that they have bloodlust in their eyes and in their soul 24/7 so isn't that even scarier than some big uh you know lughead uh, monster wearing you know blood splattered clothes who's quite obviously going to kill you I mean
1: yeah, but also there's you know, well with the rise of true crime and everything too um we really see uh the kind of pattern like the scariest of the serial killers are the people that you would never suspect them to be serial killers. Ted Bundy was a hugely charming person, like to a creepy extent after you found out how terrible of a person he was, super charming guy, easy to talk to, you know, really like shows some engagement when he's talking to you, like really genuinely seems like he cares. Clearly he's a psychopath and he doesn't actually care, but Mm -hmm. yeah, like he has like a bit of a warmness to him when he's talking to you. And you know, you if you didn't know any better, you might think, oh, that's a nice guy. No, he's Ted Bundy. He's killed like dozens of people. (laughs) <laughs> Terrible person, awful person, maybe one of the most evil people of all time.
0: Hmm. So that's the motif we're going for in this first block of uh, non-ludicrous leadoff songs right, but, here.
1: But more, more to the point, I was saying, you know, you you might think, oh, only metal will cover these things, right? But there's like some places where you might think, wait, really? Because this block is starting off with a Beatles song, and you might think the Beatles have a song about a killer. Well, they sure do. That's right, and it's actually my favorite song in the entire Beatles catalog. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. It's off of Abbey Road. It's it's a happy, jaunty-sounding Paul McCartney song,
0: but it's super dark. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the song we're playing from the Beatles is Maxwell's Silver Hammer, which is literally all about uh, someone, an individual named Maxwell, swinging a hammer and... Killing people. Killing people. Laying waste. With his hammer. With his hammer. And continuing on to just con- kill more people down the block. So we go from that, uh, we also cover some 80s pop. We've got Hollow Notes with a, their song Diddy Doop, which has a really catchy chorus, but... Well, yes, not Maneater, which, you know, in
1: the right context, you might think might also be about someone who's killing someone. But, but no, Maneater's mm-hmm. not about a killer. No. But Diddy Doop, however,
0: is about a killer, someone yes. who apparently gets an earworm stuck in their head and, uh, just drives them to insanity and they start slicing people in a subway station in New York City. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know, those are kind of, you know, or, uh, the Hollow Notes song there from 1980, still fairly recent. We even go all the way back to early rock and roll with a really uppity, uh, really jaunty toe-tapping number from Lloyd Price, a single from 1958 called Stagger Lee, which is literally about a you know, a murder that happens in an alleyway over a game of like, uh, dice or cards or something.
1: Yeah. You know, Mr. What was, what was, uh, Lloyd Price's nickname? Mr. Personality? Mr. Personality. Yeah, Mr. Yep. Personality himself
0: talking about a murder happening over a game of dice. And it's his biggest hit. Yeah. Uh, but in here we also include The Grateful Dead. Yeah, who despite their name, don't really have songs about murdering people. Yeah, there's nothing really macabre about uh, the, the shtick and approach uh, or so, uh, catalog of The Grateful Dead.
1: No, I mean, like, they're they're one of, like, the most beloved jam bands and, you know, the, the Deadheads, as they would call, you know, would travel around and watch the band, you know, Play just because of their long instrumental jams, like they were, they were known for their live spontaneity, not for their <laughs> psychopathic lyrics or anything like that. But
0: that doesn't mean that they didn't have, you know, a, this song, Me and My Uncle. Which apparently was one of their most, uh, frequently played songs at concerts. Or, or the song they played most, uh, through their live performance career, which is about, uh, a, a guy who's riding, you know, cowboy out riding with his uncle. Stuff goes down in his saloon and, uh, stuff gets heated. So he kills a couple of the people. Him and his uncle make off with some gold. And, uh, then later on as they're riding to Mexico, he, uh, shoots his uncle and takes the gold. Yep. Gold or money, whatever the case might be. Gold bouillon. Uh, you know, takes, takes the valuable things right there. So, there's at least three people dead there, uh, but we'll also include in here, uh, the Johnny Cash song, Sam Hall, which, uh, he has done a couple of times. We're including the version he did, uh, from American Four, The Man Comes Around, uh, one of his Rick Rubin recordings. Yeah, one of his last albums. Classic Four was like, I think
1: maybe my favorite of his American recordings. Yes,
0: that's the album which had hurt. Yeah. Which is still chilling. Yeah. Uh, and still sad. Uh, came out in November of 2002, uh, which is also really uppity, really rolling piano background yeah. beat to that.
1: It's an old, well, according to Wikipedia, it's an old Irish folk song about an unrepentant criminal condemned to death for robbing the rich to feed the poor. So basically the Irish Robin Hood, except a lot more brutal, uh, because prior to the mid-19th century, it was called Jack Hall after an infamous English thief who was hanged in 1707 in Tyburn. Uh his parents sold him as a climbing boy for one guinea, which is why most versions of the song identify Sam or Jack Hall as a chimney sweep. Oh so, right. uh, yeah. But yeah, I I always love the way in this song Johnny Cash, you know, says, Damn your eyes. <laughs> it's just great. But uh
0: anyways, yeah, so in these unexpected, unlikely songs about killers. We're just going to kick it off. Exactly. And uh, we're going to do so right now with Maxwell Silverhammer from the Beatles here on the Arcade's Halloween Music Special. Joan was
4: quizzical, studied back physical science in the home. Late nights all alone with a test tube. Oh, oh,
2: oh. Maxwell Edison, majoring
4: in medicine. So he waits behind, writing fifty times. I must not be so. But when she turns her back on the boy, he creeps up from behind. Bang, bang, bang Maxwell still.
5: My name it is Sam Hall, Sam Hall Yes, my name it is Sam Hall, it is Sam Hall My name it is Sam Hall And I hate you one and all And I hate you one and all Damn your eyes I killed a man they said, so they said I killed a man they said, so they said I killed a man, they said, and I smashed in his head, and I left him laying dead, damn his eyes. But a-swingin', I must go, I must go. A-swingin', I must go, I must go. A-swingin', I must go, while you critters down below yell up, Sam, I told you so, well, damn your eyes. I saw Molly in the crowd, in the crowd I saw Molly in the crowd, in the crowd I saw Molly in the crowd And I hollered right out loud Hey there Molly, ain't you proud? Damn your eyes Then the sheriff, he came too He came too Oh yeah, the sheriff, he came too He came too The sheriff he come to And he said, Sam, how are you? And I said, well, sheriff, how are you? Damn your eyes My name is Samuel, Samuel My name is Samuel, Samuel My name is Samuel And I'll see you all in hell And I'll see you all in hell Damn your eyes
6: Me and my uncle Went riding down South Colorado West Texas bound We stopped over In Santa Fe That day in the fall Just about halfway hey, and you know It was the hottest part of the day And I took the horses Up to the stall, Went to the barroom water drinks for all Three days in the saddle You know my body hurts it been summer I took off my shirt And I tried to wash off Some of that dusty dirt A wet desk a cowboy For there's all around A wheel and money They load it down So soon after pay They know it seems a shame Starts playing the yeah. yeah. game a hollow And the wind take the name
2: The night was clear and
7: the moon was yellow and the leaves came tongue.
0: Ah yes, that was the songs about unlikely killers. Uh, coming there, coming up at the end there was Lloyd Price with his song Stagger Lee. We kicked it all off with the Beatles and their song from Abbey Road, Maxwell Silver Hammer. And like I said before, we uh, started that group. Maxwell Silver Hammer is my favorite song in the entire Beatles catalog. So what does it say about me that I like a song that's uh, about violent murder? Well, I don't know. It's so
1: jaunty and poppy a tune. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's great. I mean, it's one of those songs. Speaking of like, you know, it, it could potentially be an earworm, like, you know, the subject of the, the guy in Diddy Doo Wop who has an earworm in his head, wants to murder people, but yeah. Yeah, the Hollow uh, Oates song played that in there too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Maxwell Silver Hammer could definitely be that earworm. It's a great song. Absolutely. It I gets mean, stuck in my head. Easy to sing along to. And just as a brief side note, I know we're all talking about, you know, spooky songs and whatever else. I do think it's very easy to overlook a lot of the Beatles catalog because you just think they're one thing in your head because all the famous songs of the Beatles are, you know, help, love me do whatever else. Like they're, they have like their stable of like 10 or so big songs that people know, but then you dig a little bit deeper and the Beatles almost don't sound like that at all when you get into their real catalog. I know I was driving, you know, 16 year old niece somewhere and she she asked specifically, like, oh, play a Beatles song. So I played I Want You, She's So Heavy. And she's like, this is the Beatles? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the Beatles are awesome. They're not just like, you know, she loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they are that too, but like they're also this. <laughs> they have like a lot of songs that you've probably never heard before. Yeah, they, they're they more than just big pop songs. Yeah. They're also <laughs> ridiculous songs. Like, why can't we do it in the road? <laughs> <laughs> There's no other lyrics to the song but that line.
0: And they made it work. Yeah. So, yes, uh, the Beatles, uh, what, you know. After this episode, uh, and you're done listening to it, dig in further to their uh, back catalogue. Uh, there's a lot to choose from beyond the big, you know, pop numbers that we've all heard of, uh, but also included in our group there about uh, songs about unlikely killers, or unlikely songs about killers, I should say. Uh, Johnny Cash with the song Sam Hall, which, again, just has that rolling, almost piano, uh, like player piano-type sounding beat that I just love, but his, you know, violent interjections of Johnny Cash, you know, shouting, damn your eyes. Love it, love the contrast. Uh, Grateful Dead doing a violent song about, uh, you know, murder in the Old West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, like we said, Hollow Notes, Diddy Doop, Lloyd Price, Stagger Lee. So, those are all fictional songs, um, of, of people, you know, committing a murder, you know, whatever you will, but, uh, they're pieces of fiction that, uh, maybe aren't as you know, the songs are centered uh, you know, around a murder, but you would never really get it from the oeuvre, uh, from the motif. Uh, yeah. But some of them are still classics. But if we kind of went a few years after that Lloyd Price song into the early 60s, we got one of the really early spine-chilling thriller, almost horror movies that was done by one of the great auteurs of cinema, Alfred Hitchcock, when yeah. he released Psycho. Yeah, Psycho, a classic of cinema. I mean, if you never,
1: well, I mean, we'll just take a step back for a second and say if you've never seen Psycho, you're doing yourself a great disservice. Even if you're not a big fan of horror movies, like Hitchcock in his prime was amazing.
0: Like oh, his movies were amazing. Uh, like even if you don't enjoy the subject matter, script writing, whatever, you have to watch some of his, uh, some of his body work to at least uh, be able to appreciate his eye for shots. Oh yeah. Like, he, he was a director, but also, like, the director of photography and cinematographer all in one. Yeah. Because
1: he had a very specific vision about how things should look. And he, only he could basically
0: bring that to the screen. And he did. And it was brilliant. And everything he did, basically. Yes. You know, a, a good substantive body of work, but I think perhaps Psycho is uh, one of the more well-known efforts. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: Psycho, The Birds, Rear Window. Um, probably those are the top three I think of anyways for myself. Yeah, no, I I'm seeing it. Um but like psycho for sure. I mean, maybe one of the most parodied or referenced scenes in all of horror movie cinema is the shower scene in Psycho. And I think what you were getting at with the oeuvre of the songs is those songs don't sound musically like they belong to a song that is about killing someone. They don't. No, uh, there's a
0: there's a cognitive disconnect between them.
1: Yeah, whereas the music in the film psycho definitely sounds like you know oh this is a music this is the music that goes along with someone killing someone in particular that shower scene you know the 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 violin stabs the wee wee wee
0: when the the stabs are actually happening on screen. Yes, absolutely that. And so that leads us into our next block of music uh, where we are going to play uh, many selections uh, from the Psycho soundtrack. Uh, We're going to go back, uh, not necessarily to the original soundtrack on vinyl uh, that was released in the 60s because we don't have that, but instead what we had access to was a re-recording of the original score that was done and released in July of 1997. So the music that's going to play here in this medley of songs from the uh, orchestral suite of the original score from Psycho, these are all pieces of music that were originally composed by Bernard Herman for Alfred Hitchcock that played in the movie. Uh, And these are pieces of music that have been re-recorded by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra under conduction and direction by Joel McNeely. Who is a composer. He's uh, actually taken a lot of work with Seth MacFarlane in the past, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah, uh, I can see it. I think he also, I think he produced uh, Seth Mc, some of Seth MacFarlane's albums, even, too, and scored some some of his uh pieces of, I, I think, The Orville and perhaps uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West. And I wouldn't even be a bit surprised if he was involved in some capacity with some of Family Guy. Possibly, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So we are playing a number of selections here. Yes, we are including that classic stabbing sound, uh, stabbing score from uh, the shower scene. It is called the murder, uh, playing stuff, uh, also basically running all throughout the, the score and the soundtrack. Things like the opening song is prelude. We will start off with that hotel room, uh, the body, the water, the swamp. Uh, you know, we're not going to list every track uh, on here because you're going to, do be doing yourself a disservice. And at a certain point, it doesn't
1: really matter when you're listening to an orchestral score. Like, the names are only given there just sort of like, like when you're looking at a film soundtrack, it's just a sort of Mentally place where a thing goes, but I think it does it a bit of a disservice when you're actually just listening to it, because it doesn't really matter what scene it's supposed to go to, just listen to the piece of music.
0: Exactly. Uh, these are all tied together. This, uh, this is a piece of work to enjoy. It is the, it is a medley. It is the highlights from the original score of Psycho, here now for your enjoyment on the arcade's Halloween music special. <laughs> Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, a little piece of uh, orchestral arrangement here on the Arcade's annual Halloween Music Special. Something a bit different. Different. We don't often go in the uh, orchestral or symphonic uh, direction of things. Often, you know, it's you know pre-composed, you know, pop songs, metal songs, whatever the case, rap songs even sometimes, uh, whatever the case might be. But I uh, thought that was nice, thought that was appropriate. Uh, those were songs and pieces of music composed by Bernard Herrmann for the original score of Psycho, from the early 1960s. Uh, and yes, in the middle of there was the classic stabbing sound of the shower scene. And uh, as I was saying to you kind of before we started this uh, program, uh, in listening back to the soundtrack from Psycho, up to and before and including the moment of the stabbing in the shower scene, a lot of the pieces of scoring uh, and pieces of music uh, for scenes have some sort of stabbing element to the sound and music, uh, to them and in them almost like an element of foreshadowing. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think you described it as like a motif. Yeah. It's like in music, the, the term, you know, is like the, the motif or the leap motif of the score is a little piece of like recurring normally in films, it'll, or films or video games or anything like that. It'll be a little melody line that probably shows up originally in the overture of the score or whatever, and then and it'll show up in various um different contexts throughout the entire musical score. Like, you know, Harry Potter has a very notable one, that whole do-do-do-do-do-do, like, whatever. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll hear that, like, throughout the whole – like, if you listen carefully to the music, you'll hear it pop up. Sometimes it'll sound sad. Sometimes it'll sound triumphant. Sometimes it'll sound happy or goofy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that'll be the, the leap motif. Like, that's that's – The one repeated phrase of music that's used in a sort of like just a way to kind of tie all the this other different music together, just saying, yes, it all belongs actually to this one thing. It's funny, though, that Psycho itself, (laughs) its leitmotif is (laughs) – whenever I hear that, I just immediately picture someone – I even make the motion of someone stabbing someone. I think it's impossible not to make that motion when you're just kind of referencing the music.
0: I uh, can confirm he was making the stabbing motion. Yes. <laughs> I feel threatened. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm not holding a knife and, or a violin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you'll pierce me with sound. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Fun times.
1: Fun with, times. Uh, so with Psycho. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, you know, uh, Halloween and spooky sounds aren't necessarily all just, uh, uh, things with lyrics, uh, you know, pop songs, uh, they can be orchestral arrangements as well as we've just demonstrated, but yes. And uh, now we'll get into it. Yes. Heavy metal, uh, has, uh, uh, a long history of, of, uh, doing songs about, uh, killers, serial killers, uh, the dark and spooky and gloomy and uh, unpleasantness of human existence.
1: Yeah. I I think it's worth noting up to this point so far, None of the people who are killers or whatever that have been
0: mentioned in any of the songs have been real people. That's true. So it's all been, fict- you know, pieces of fiction, even the psycho uh, score there. Norman Bates, not a real person. No, not a real person at all. Uh But one thing that I think
1: you can kind of give a nod to for that metal does and is not afraid to do that maybe other forms of music have been maybe a little bit shy towards is their have no problem using real serial killers as the subject of, you know, brutal songs or whatever, uh, (laughs) to the point where there's actually a bad, well, first off, we're going to like every single one of these songs is about a serial killer of some kind. Uh, we're going to kick this metal group off with a classic Slayer song off of their 1988 album seasons in the abyss. Uh, sorry, 1990 album
0: seasons in the abyss, uh, called dead skin mask, which is about Ed Gein who was in Wisconsin and, uh, uh, didn't he basically kill and de-skin a bunch of, uh, women? I think that's what his whole thing was. I mean, pretty gruesome
1: stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, making a mask out of their face. Anyways, it's, but Slayer does a good job of like, you know, making it, uh, it's a catchy song. Mm -hmm. It's a good song. Um, but then from Slayer, I mean, there's also a couple of other bands. I'll mention this second band that we're playing last because I think it's notable what they do. Uh, in, in the whole mix as well, towards the end we're playing a Soulfly song
0: about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh. They're not the only ones to do, uh, songs about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, there's, there's a rich history in the metal scene of, uh, songs being done about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say he's like a folk hero, but he's a, a frequent subject.
1: Yeah, there are, al- there's also a metal band called Dahmer. Like, they're kind of, I think they're, from what I recall, just like a brutal death metal band. Whatever makes sense. That that one makes sense. Like you might think, like, oh, okay, br- brutal death metal band. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, soul we'll fly off of their 2010 album Omen with Jeffrey Dahmer, and then we're gonna end off everything uh, by a song with a song by a band called Exodus. Uh, the song being the Ballad of Leonard and Charles. You might like Exodus has been around since the early 80s. They are the group that Kirk Hammett of Metallica formed. Originally before he joined Metallica, he was a founding member of Exodus and mm-hmm. later went on to huge ginormous fame with Metallica and you know, that that rest is history. But yeah, Exodus they're still around. Um they have a ton of albums and uh this song was off of their twenty ten album called Exhibit B The Human Condition about uh yeah, the ballad of Leonard and Charles about Leonard Lake and Charles Ing, which uh there's some brutal awful <laughs>
0: Yeah, so maybe some of the, uh, uh, some episodes you've seen on like criminal minds or law and order or some sort of like true crime type show, uh, about, uh, uh, basically terrible people in some sort of rural part of a rural state, uh, kidnapping and confining, uh, their subject their prisoner oftentimes women in some sort of very small room and doing just horrible unspeakable things to them before eventually killing them that's what these two did in rural california i think like northern california uh Leonard lake and charles ing and so they committed the crimes i think uh like over 20 people uh they were uh believed to have murdered uh yeah i think it was 25 25 yep and I believe what's notable here too is that when they, when Leonard Lake was eventually caught and brought into, uh, police, you know, detachment for questioning, uh, he, I guess was left alone in the room for a moment and was able to slip and ingest a cyanide capsule he had sewn into his jacket. So he could, uh, basically commit suicide that way and get away with the crimes. Uh, he slipped into a coma, eventually passing four days later. I believe Charles Ng is still in custody, uh, for these crimes that, uh, he committed with Leonard Lake. Uh, but they're, like, the, the terrible, brutal crimes that you would imagine seeing portrayed in just horrible pieces of, like, you know, uh, uh, like murder shows, uh, uh, like a law and order or something like that. So, or, uh, you know, perhaps there's a, a, tr- you know, a murder pod done about it, but they, really horrible stuff that Exodus uh, went and did a song about because, hey, that's the brutal stuff that Brutal Metal uh, really works well with. But uh, the band we're going to play second in here is a is a band that uh, Dennis has some familiarity with. Uh, they, they're doing a song literally called the Ted Bundy song, and you might think, like, well, that's not clever. That's very much on the nose. That's because the band who does this song is called Macabre, and their entire shtick is that they do songs and music about serial killers. Yeah, I I think they have
1: songs like the like I mentioned, the Slayer song is about Ed Gein, Soulfly song is called Jeffrey Dahmer, uh Exodus song, Ballad of Leonard Charles. I'm pretty sure Exodus or I'm pretty sure Macabre has songs about all of these people already as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've been around since 84. Uh, They're still going. They have a ton of albums. They have like 20, 25 albums, you know, (laughs) including like one of their albums was just, one of their albums is called Unabomber. One of their albums is called Dahmer, you know, uh, various other things like, you know, True Tales of Slaughter and Slaying, Grim Scary Tales, uh, Carnival of Killers, et cetera, et cetera. So no shame. Yeah, no shame. They have definite, like they have songs about, uh. Uh, David Berkowitz, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, Jack the Ripper, Edmund Kemper, Peter Curtin, Her, uh, Herman Mugit, uh, Richard Ramirez. The uh, Night Stalker. Yep. Yeah, Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, and the Zodiac. They have a song about the Zodiac Killer. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the, the, so the Ted Bundy song, as it's titled, is just titled that way because it's like, yeah, here's our song about Ted Bundy. You know, this is the one about Ted Bundy as opposed to the one about, you know, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, or Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee Cannibal, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh,
0: yeah, to distinguish it from their other songs. And instead of being, you know, coy about it, no, they're just right out there and literal with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um But yeah, so that, that's their whole thing. But yeah, you knew it was coming. This is the group of metal songs on this year's The Arcade Halloween Music Special.
0: Now that you're in a cheery, uplifted mood, go forth and distribute candy to all of the little ones who might be coming to your door, or just uh, say to hell with them and keep it all for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it is the season to um, go into a diabetic coma. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh yeah, and there might – I I believe there's uh, actually going to be trick-or-treating this year. I have not heard anything to the contrary. Um, given vaccination rates, uh, I think it might be more acceptable this Halloween to have trick-or-treating door-to-door uh, than previous ha- – last year's Halloween, Halloween 2020, which uh sucked the big suck. Yeah, it sure that. did. I mean I felt real bad for all the kids. Yeah. I mean
1: when I was a kid – I mean we've said this multiple times on this program for multiple years – when I was a kid, Halloween is one of my favorite things to do. I mean, trick-or-treating is awesome. Absolutely. You
0: literally are going door to door to get free candy. Yeah. Gah. You know it be and it becomes a whole season of celebration in your classroom, you're doing new art projects on it, and this that, the other thing, writing terrible poems about Halloween <laughs> and black cats in your English class, yes, for some stupid reason, <laughs> yeah, exactly, so uh yeah it's a whole theme, it's a whole season, but uh we try to add our little bit of flair to it this year, and we hope you enjoyed it as uh, we took the approach of uh, a killer Halloween. Because so much of Halloween and, uh, the, the visuals, the, the classic pieces of, uh, Halloween media, movies and whatnot, are literally about murder. Yeah. They're, they're straight up murder. <laughs> Don't know if you, you y'all ever realize it, but is murder just straight up a whole lot of murdering going on at a, Halloween. Whole lot of, whole lot of killing
1: going on. A whole
0: lot of killing at Halloween and we hope you had a killer Halloween. Yes, yeah, so we hope you do have a killer Halloween if you're listening to this on halloween i guess no uh, you know whatever works uh, so uh make sure you give out the good candy uh chips chips are always acceptable chips
1: are acceptable i mean full size chocolate bars might be a bit of an ask but you know you know at least give some good stuff give a good handful of like you know decent stuff out there i mean you could try for the no no p- peanut stuff or maybe do a mix just in case or have have the stuff with peanuts in one thing no peanuts in the other If you really want to be an accommodating, you know, house person, you could ask peanuts or no
0: peanuts. Hey, that, that's a good idea too. Yeah. A thoughtful approach. Uh, Whatever you're doing, we hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a good, safe Halloween. If you're out driving around on Halloween night itself, of course, we always ask you to uh, pay a bit more attention as you're driving around because kids are stupid. Yeah, kids are dumb as hell. We all know this. Yeah. They're darting across the road, not paying any attention whatsoever. Yeah. They're adorable. But that, it,
1: you know, it's the trade-off. They don't have a full functioning brain yet. So, you know, just really be careful. You don't want to run over, you know, whatever this year's Elsa is going to be.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the hit Halloween costume this is. Yeah, no uh, idea. Is this year, I don't know. Uh, I'm not paying attention to, to the trends at all. So there's that. So at the same time, we do know that this year's worst costume is a sexy anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, if you see one of those, uh, be careful to avoid them, cause you know, they're sick. Yes. They're sick and, uh, uh, diseased. Yeah. And uh, best avoid them for your own safety, sanity, and everything else. Uh, and we also hope you enjoyed uh, our musical selections for this year. Let us know what you think about what we played, what you heard. You can email us, info at the com If you have uh, words to say in the long form, or if you just uh, want to fire off a quick missive, you can hit us up through social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, at The Arcade Show, on both of those evil platforms. <laughs> Spooky evil Spooky Evil social media platforms. <laughs> Gigantic Fang companies. Woo Oh God, I never made that connection until you just said it. <laughs> they want all of your money <laughs>
1: <laughs> They want to sell your soul. <laughs>
0: And before any more terrible fang puns get made on this program, we will get on out of here and uh, uh, join you again next time. So until then, good night, everybody. Good night.